All right, everybody. Are you ready for a spectacular show? Introduce the original bad hombre, the amazing nerd, the hardest working Antifa boys on George Soros's payroll. With Pablo Morale Martinez and Ernesto Mancibo, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, put your hands behind your back, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We're like Chris Hansen just comes out and just fucking shoot, shoots me in the neck with a fucking dart gun. It's like, <sighs> why don't you tell me what you think you were doing here? Uh, you don't understand. It's a cartoon. Is that what you tell yourself? <laughs> Meanwhile, I still got the dart in my neck. I'm just like, what cartoon are you talking about? <laughs> dan, I dan, see you, yeah. dan, 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 sorry. I see you brought yourself a six-pack, pack, 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 pack. <laughs> <laughs> just Who's going to drink that, you know? I'm just here to watch the game. <laughs> Just Dateline, but like on tranquilizer, so she's like fading in and out. Oh God, I still I'm for, I I will forever be a fan of that show. It's just it's just the woo. Uh, I, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, watching. <laughs> Change the subject? Jeez. You get so uncomfortable <laughs> when we talk about that show. You're just like, oh, I don't know, man. You know. I don't know. It's just, it's some, it's uncomfortable. Like anything involving like fucking uh, possible pederast, even like watching that fucking Woody Allen documentary, uh, uh, Allen versus Pharaoh, like even that like made my skin crawl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still not fully back from uh the creepiness that I felt watching that fucking documentary. Like I'm still I'm still like, all right, when are we gonna form a posse and just beat his fucking ass? You know? Oh but, dude, I would fucking do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> just as soon as I hear his stupid fucking voice, I see that you're carrying a Molotov cocktail, and I'm just like, Yeah, it's for you, you know. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Have some fire, Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're blaring some of that, you know, uh, easygoing music that he puts in all his films just to, you know, just to complete the picture of him on fire, but it being somehow whimsical, you know? So. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize being on fire would be so <laughs> painful. <laughs> Woody oh, Allen, shit. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and just like that, RVT killed Woody Allen. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope we don't get a letter or two from that. Holy shit. Or do I? Um. <clears throat> so, 
So. Uh, uh, bienvenidos todos. Gente, mi gente, nuestra gente. Por todo el mundo, nosotros somos robots contra y, bueno, uh, impuestos. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yo soy Pablo. Y yo soy Ernesto. <laughs> And this is how we're going to kick off the fucking show, man. That's um, right. That's right. So, um... Uh, just want to say right off the bat, uh, a little quick, uh, a little quick, uh, taxes for you. Right. <laughs> um, I just want to say a cab, all cops are bastards mm. and, um, that's our stance. That's the RVT stance. That's right. Uh, any, any institution that flies its own blue line flag, like it means something, Other than bigotry, authoritarianism, uh, systemic racism, uh, deserves to be dismantled, and uh, you know, it just needs to be brought down from within. So, and that's that's the most I can. I ju I just can't with like just yeah. all the fucking shit that's been that's gone on. Um, thank I, you. I can't. Yeah. Thank Thank you for putting it that way because I. You know, feel I feel the same way. It's just, it's too much to stomach. But at the same time, something needed to be said. So I think you put a nice bow on it. Thank you, man. Um, also, uh, want to give a, a really quick shout out to uh, two two of our favorite podcasts. Yes, uh, the Rodent Tower, and of course our boys Tommy and Chris at the Hoof. The Hoof. Yes, the Hoof. Um, and, uh, to our, our, our song of the week band, Auxilio, that band fucking rocks. I discovered them recently and they're fucking dope. Nice. I love them. Love Very them. nice. I'm wondering if we're forming some sort of like podcast version of the Avengers. That's all sort of, uh, like deer themed i mean you know we're robots versus taxes and of course our our logo is an elk you know you have the hoof which oh, is oh yeah that's a right hoof we need to find like a <laughs> a show that deals with like fawns or something and yeah yeah venison know. like venison enthusiasts exactly <laughs> oh man that sucks because i think joe rogan's into venison i don't want to be associated with him no oh, okay <laughs> I think he's like, deer meat, deer meat's the best. <laughs> you gotta eat deer meat, man. I, don't, I can't do a Joe Rogan impression to save my life. I just think he sounds like a fucking douchebag. Um, <clears throat> I think you have to do more of that. Uh, what's that drug he asks every single guest if they've ever tried? Oh, it's fucking, is it ayahuasca? Not ayahuasca. It's like a three-letter um Oh, DMT. DMT, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, DMT. Um, yeah, ironically, one of the drugs that I, have, I haven't uh, ever taken. Um, I wish I had. Okay. Um, and, It's not too uh, late. 
Yeah, it's not too late. No, no, no. It is fucking too late, dude. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, Do I it. know, right? Do yeah, it. Dude, I'm a recovering addict, man. <laughs> hey, that just sounds like quitter talk to me. I'm yeah, fucking know, around. <laughs> I'm fucking around. I'm fucking proud of every single stride that you've made, and I encourage it. And But, you know, on this show, we... We have no oversight, so we just say yeah, whatever no. the fuck yeah, no. exactly. comes out of our mouths. Like you're, well, like as you're saying this, your head is slowly morphing into a bag of cocaine, and it's just like guys <laughs> about. Like, so shall we start talking about Star Trek? <laughs> and every every time you talk, it's like powder goes into the air. <laughs> Motherfucker. That's why he's always sniffing me. Huh. Now yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> I thought it was my cologne. <laughs> no, I just thought you were drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yes, let's talk about Star Trek. Okay. What? Ah, yeah. You sure you're, you're sure you're not on drugs now? Because... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I know. You just wanna, you just wanna make an effort to shit on it. Fine, let's do no, this. No, 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 no. It's I, I been really, a while. No, no, no. Because I, 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 I was planning on watching Picard, um, for this epi- for this episode. The the whole I was planning on watching the whole first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few things got in my way in terms of like <laughs> you know trying to watch it, uh, and because um, I was watching something better. Um, uh, there it is there no it is. but uh, seriously seriously I'm, I'm trying to give it a chance i am trying to give it a chance uh so um i was just gonna a- i wanted to ask you like mm-hmm. you are a ride or die star trek fan right you're a trekkie a faux life yeah right so such <laughs> 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 an asshole <laughs> sorry um you just, you just you just wave you just waved me off the way Vader waved off Siri at the end of Fallen Order. I'm just like, I'm coming to get you and I'm ah! <laughs> Poor Seer, oh man. But dude, it wasn't that wasn't that moment in Jedi Fallen Order like the fucking best. Just like him rising up like fucking a demon from hell just <laughs> it was, was the best shit ever it was one of the most cinematic moments i mean we're all hyper focused on uh on seer is it seer or siri seer seer so we're all focused on seer's former apprentice and like the background is completely blurred and first you see like that smoke that sort of emerges whenever you're going from one room to another in the Star Wars universe because condensation is really, really bad in that galaxy. <laughs> and then... Dude, they have coolant pumping in every... <laughs> like, just bumping in every ship. It's just... They, they're like you guys, you know? They're like... They have to have that AC blasting, but... Dude, yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's, then... why, that's why I, I envision myself as being part of the Empire, if nothing <laughs> for the central air. Wow. Wow, so he's why did you betray us? They have sexual air everywhere. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Every room I walk into, it's frosty. It's got condensation galore. It's a dream. 
they have refrigerators just for my socks. You don't understand how great that is, man. Um, think I want to be sweating my balls off a fucking Tatooine or fucking Chaku? <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck the Alliance. You are the chosen one. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then when we hear the breathing, it's just like, oh fuck. I mean, they the depiction of Vader was fucking scary. Anyway, I don't I don't want to get too much into uh, Fallen Order right, because right. we were about to get into Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but I was gonna I was gonna ask you, dude. Remind me again. The Dominion is like the black market for um, the Federation, right? Or are no, they no. like they're like the intergalactic mafia, right? Not really. They are a uh, a heavily militaristic force from the Gamma Quadrant of the um, Star Trek galaxy that invaded during the years of you know DS Nine being on air, and uh, they they had their military force made up mostly of the Jem Hadar. They were dinosaur looking soldiers, and they were led by the Changelings who were able to morph into anyone or anything pretty much. And uh, they're they basically... what Odo was, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I always thought Odo was so cool, but like criminally underused. I'm like, if you have a T-1000, right, on your <laughs> spacecraft, you use him like a T-1000. You don't like make him be like, oh, well, I don't believe in this, and I don't believe in that, and I can't make a human nose, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, he was, he, he was a relatively young changeling let's put it that way um there was an episode uh where um time travel happened as often happens in the star trek universe and they met an odo who was um you know several decades later who was able to refine his shape-shifting abilities and he had a more uh refined human appearance you know you could still tell he was a changeling but you know he could make like a more of a proper nose and stuff like that, so that was interesting. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you know that in the promo for Star Trek on Netflix, it's still like the trailer for the most racist <laughs> episode? What the fuck is up with that, man? It's like as soon as I like, scroll past Star Trek TNG. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know it's exactly like, what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, we welcome you, kings of planet uh, BET, you know? Uh, and then they're just like, <laughs> they're just like stereotypes, right? <laughs> they're, they're, like a, they're like the stereotype of Wakanda, like a stereotypical, like a Zamunda Wakanda stereotype. That, uh, but stripped of any dignity, um, it was. Yeah, it it's such a fucked up episode that even the actual cast is just like, ooh, that's not an episode that ooh. we look back on and uh, and look at with pride. <laughs> We're just like, yeah, every, every almost every Star Trek series has an episode or two like that where they look back and they're like, Ooh, we, we weren't quite sure what was going on there, but you know, we were doing our job. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
like the episode where like Tasha Yar took uh, Data's uh, virginity, right? <laughs> that actually no, that's, that's one not... where Tasha Yar is like. Well, everybody had the the sex fever that uh, <laughs> that episode. You know, um, it was one of those something invaded the ship and the crew is acting all weird and stuff like that. So, um, she found out yeah, that he right. was that he was fully functional. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, that's that's like uh. Well, the thing is with that is that I don't think it that I I think that Star Trek lied to us. They deceived us, right? Because I think that what happened was that everyone on the ship just was just like, maybe it was, uh, 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 what's his name? Commander Riker, who was just like, I'm going to put a little Spanish fly in the replicator, right? <laughs> replicates all this food with a little Spanish fly. And then everybody's fucking generals just swell to the nth degree. This look, dude, I was fired as a writer for Star Trek. And this is exactly <laughs> the kind of in-your-face storyline that I demanded on day one. <laughs> They're like, you know, that Martinez guy, good writer, but he just always goes blue. We we don't understand. Like, this is going on during prime time. <laughs> yeah. I want fucking, you know, alien genital on genital <laughs> action. Hey, and you I know, demand full frontal. <laughs> they're on a start that know. which is which is quite uh, which is quite the statement given that it was in the early nineties <laughs> that this show really well, started it's to It's forward air. thinking. It's in the future. <laughs> uh, in the future, they don't have the hang ups on sex that we do in our current day, no. Far more free. Yes, yes, of course. It's the Federation, right? It's the Federation. <laughs> They're just like, you know, if there's a little heat coming out of that hole, fuck it. Right? Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> That's getting cut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Woo! I'm editing this week. <laughs> oh, jeez. You gotta right. put that it's to music. It's a whole new, <laughs> it's a whole new RBT. Yeah, I know, right? Captain's log, <laughs> star six date, four two four one. <laughs> we all, I got the worst case of blue balls <laughs> I've ever gotten. <laughs> Thankfully, it was only because my balls were wrapped in a belt while I watched Tasha Yar make sweet love to an android. Oh my and god! Clean got. Klingon. Klingon. Oh. <laughs> Are you high? Card likes to watch. Yeah, I'm high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what gave me away? I don't know. You're you're a little more Pavel than usual tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. <laughs> So uh, was that like a, a kind of like a a big leap for you to take for for you to accept the JJ Abrams universe as like the new kind of uh the way people like uh absorb Star Trek nowadays is that something that you're just like 
Cool with her? Did it take a while? Because mm. I know I, I'm asking because I, I'm seeing kind of a similar, um, a similar approach to how people are viewing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, with the new with the uh, uh, with the new sequels and stuff. So uh, I wondered if that was something that you also felt with the uh, Kelvin Universe uh, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely I've definitely seen that with Star Wars between the the new Disney uh, continuity and um, everything else, uh, books and stuff like that being deemed uh, like uh, the Legends universe or something like that. But um, with uh, with Star Trek, when I saw the first movie, I thought to myself, I was just glad to see Star Trek on the big screen. But I thought to myself, you know, this is this is more of an homage to the original Star Trek than anything else, because the original Star Trek was built in an episodic format and which gave it just inherently far more detail. These movies, it's almost like you have to come in with a assumed knowledge of Star Trek, not fully because they do they do a certain amount of uh, character development and and laying out the background, but nothing, nothing, anything uh, anywhere near as close as uh, the original slash prime universe. Um, I just took it for what it was. I was like, okay, this is an homage. And that's what it is. These movies are supposed to be visually fun. And if you happen to know about Star Trek, then, you know, they'll throw us a few Easter eggs just for those of us who already uh, know about it. And that's it. I wasn't maybe I don't know, maybe I'm just getting too old to feel emotional about (laughs) some of these um, uh, properties. But I, I didn't get bent out of shape when they twisted some of the lore uh for example in the second kelvin timeline star trek movie um star trek into darkness the whole con angle oh and, that sucked and the uh and and the sacrifice uh i'm saying it like i'm you know trying to avoid spoilers but everybody's seen this movie at the end at the end of the original um um Spock died, but in this, in the Kelvin timeline, Kirk died, quote unquote. And uh, it was just like, they all gave right. him super blood. Yeah, they gave him super blood that was uh, gestated in a triple and uh, solved death. And uh, from then on, the Kelvin timeline went on with a hole larger than the hole that. Um, I can't even remember his fucking name that Eric Bana played uh, his his character in the first Star Trek Kelvin movie. Uh, oh, I just remember he was a Romulan. Yeah, yeah, he was a Romulan. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was just at that point, I was just like, all right, th- this is this is what you're doing. Fine, fine, whatever. Um, okay. And that's oh, what it you is. Sound, but you sound upset about that. Well, I'm upset because it was just like, all right, now they're just trying to throw everything in. It's not enjoyable at this point. I mean, throughout throughout that movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, there was there were some interesting storylines, uh, aspects to the story where like there's this militarized sub uh, section of the Federation that's just like, look, there are a lot of alien 
fucking species out there and they are gunning for us. We have to be ready, played by none other than RoboCop. Yeah, Peter Weller. Yeah, that's right. Peter Weller. And, you know, that's uh, the greatest villains are the ones who can at least make a little bit of sense to you. And it's just like, yeah, you know, the Federation's always getting like ganged up on. And so he built a giant fucking enterprise that had a million guns. It's just like, we got to be ready. But he went about it in such a shitty way that it was just like, eh, obviously he's the bad guy. You know, when I when I saw that that um, that ship that that <laughs> the USS I, I, Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> was, this, was that what it was called? Yes, it was. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> You know what? Uh, <laughs> every fucking time. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> but, dude, I laughed when I saw that ship. I was like, no. Because <laughs> it just looks like it looks like War Machine made into a, a Star Trek ship. Good point. It just looks like big and bulky and aw- like there's no like there's no interesting design. It's just the Enterprise, but if it was made in, it was made by Justin Hammer. Like it was Hammer <laughs> Hammer <laughs> Hammer Industries bring brings you the 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 USS Vengeance. Oh my god. How do you greenlight that? Like it's the Federate like uh, like I don't know that much about Star Trek. I mean, I I have watched a considerable amount because it definitely was, um, the show I would. I didn't have a lot of sci-fi shows back in the day. There were there were no there were there was no abundance of sci-fi shows, and I was always trying to get my Star Wars fix mm-hmm. from Star Trek, and every Damn. time I was horribly let down. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about going through an experimental phase. Jeez. Yeah, because I was just like, there's only so much like, uh, uh, because I I was like so enamored by Star Wars that I was just like, man, I just want to explore different, like I want to see different galaxies and different alien races, you know, represented on the small screen, you know, and have uh, bear witness to sci-fi adventure. And, you know, Star Trek would have that, but it was very, like, slow-paced. Um, <laughs> it was more about diplomacy, which, you know, in hindsight, you know, I, I that that appeals to me now. But as a kid, I was just like, man, I don't give two fucks about this. I just want to see Jordy LaForge blow some shit up. Um, <laughs> I'm Jordy LaForge, uh, bitch. <laughs> Blam. <laughs> Read this rainbow, boom, bam, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Rains fucking photon torpedoes on fucking, you know, the Klingons. (laughs) I I wish that. (laughs) I wish that's how it would have went. But it didn't. To make it a little more contemporary, it's like some aliens like, you will hand over your ship. And Jordy's just like. You didn't put that in the form of a question. And that just blows them the fuck up. Jeopardy. <laughs> Wait, is he is he the new host of Jeopardy? I believe so. Yeah, he's the new host of Jeopardy, right. Dude, uh, I, I have a soft spot for 
LeVar Burton. He's like one of those like one of those celebrities where I'm just like, oh, I'm glad he's around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I listened to a podcast of him just reading these uh, short science fiction stories. It's fucking great. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. I, I don't know it off the top of my head right now, but mm. I'll send it to you. It's really good. Um, uh, what was I going to say before I started just like jumping on LeVar Burton's dick? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, this show is a little crass. Um, <laughs> but did you see the teaser trailer for Picard season two? No. Uh, again, like... You- <laughs> You you have to take me as a Star Trek like I'm I'm a person that is like begrudgingly like going into like I'm begrudgingly going into Star Trek. (laughs) I'm I'm doing it mostly because uh, the pandemic doesn't afford me fresh shows. (laughs) I've burned through all my shows. Jesus Christ. I was like, do I want to watch The Expanse again? Do I want to give The Expanse another try, or should I get into Star Trek? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get into Star Trek All for right. certain. Yeah. Um, so uh, I haven't seen the new trailer. That's my long-winded way of saying, no, I haven't seen the new trailer, Ernesto. Why don't you tell me the highlights? Okay. <laughs> well, essentially, it references some key lines from the first season of Picard, uh, just to sort of remind us where uh, mentally uh, Jean-Luc Picard is by the end somewhat, in a very vague way. That's the one thing I really love about the teaser trailer. It doesn't spoil the first season. Like, you could watch it and not be able to anticipate everything that happens in the first season, which there are definitely some major events. Um... But it leads up to uh, basically the character of Jean-Luc Picard has always been a a philosophical symbol. And throughout his time on The Next Generation, that philosophy has always had to be tested, especially in encounters with alien beings or turmoil within the Federation. But there's nothing that has tested him more than his encounters with Q. And that's where the trailer ends. It's like it zooms in um, on the, I think it's like the Queen of Hearts or the Queen of Spades or something like that. And the the letter Q is isolated and just sort of becomes front and center. And I believe we hear, I believe we hear John Delancey's voice. Um, oh, yes, we do. He says he was like the trial never ended or something along those lines. Uh, which is essentially how his character was introduced. He basically put humanity on trial, and Jean-Luc Picard was kind of like the representative of uh, humanity. And that's the way the Next Generation TV show ended, with that trial kind of culminating, but it didn't really end. So I'm excited. John John Delancey's the man, and uh, it's going to be a fun fucking season. I, every time I think of Q, I think of the time where he 
popped into uh, the Enterprise with a full mariachi band. <laughs> like, it, just like, uh, like <laughs> that, that clip lives in my head rent free, just in my head. <laughs> it's because you want that power. You want to be able to do that, to just pop in anywhere with a full mariachi band. Yeah, just like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> but dude if you watch if you watch the first season of picard i think that um i think that you'll enjoy it because it gives it gives star trek fans a lot of callbacks for sure uh i'm not saying every single episode not no no i enjoyed every single episode i'm not saying every single plot point or character is the tightest or the 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 best written um, in regards to purpose, but there are choices that are great. There are choices that upset you, and I feel like it's part of the journey. Uh, but overall, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think it's it's taking at least Jean Luc Picard's character into new places that are fitting of the character. Okay. Okay. All right, so you you've won me over. Like I'm sold. Woohoo! Um, let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Shall shall we? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, so dear listeners, from a few uh, episodes ago, we discussed, uh, or was it last episode where we discussed um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? It, it has its problems. I, I feel it has a. a uh, send a uh, kind of a centrist me- message mm. with regards to uh, the flag smashers and how much I agree with them and how much like uh, the show is like no 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 these guys are bad guys because they blew up people <laughs> and I'm just like ah, you 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 were so close you were so close <laughs> so close to having a great message and then you fucked it all up but this episode um, it puts those politics aside. And it tells this very intimate story of um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally, uh, I really want to say, admitting to their love for each other, <laughs> having a tender love scene together. Jesus. With the metal arm. Oh, my God. You know, just, ouch. That must hurt. Um, no, uh, uh, I I don't think you were watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think you were watching this ain't Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a triple X parody. <laughs> oh man, I really need to cancel that subscription <laughs> to Brazzers. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, no, uh, but it, this this episode was very uh, it was just very interesting with regards to um, how it touched on the politics of the. I mean, they made allusions to the Tuskegee experiments, right? Yep. Uh, and to, which I was like, wow, uh, it takes a lot of. We're reaching an era of TV where superheroes are addressing America's dirty history 
mm-hmm. so much better than the textbooks teach us because <laughs> because I ne- growing up I never learned about t- the Tuskegee experiments. Maybe it might have been a blurb in my social studies book. Yeah. Um, but I learned. I, I'm pretty sure I learned about it in my late twenties, just mm. like when I was already college bound. So for the for a sh- uh, for a show about super soldiers, you know, uh, flying in the sky and f- fighting with a giant metal frisbee, <laughs> to be discussing such a a, 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 a serious subject in the annals of, of American history, uh, it, it really kind of, it, it, it took me back and it, and it made me really, really kind of be like, wow, huh? What like this show is, is provocative in, in its ideas. Mm-hmm. I really like that's, and that's kind of, uh, that's, that's what makes it enjoy. Like that's what brought me back is that it's, it, it it isn't afraid in certain areas to tell it like it is. Yeah. To use to use a much cliche cliched term or phrase. So, what do you think about it? I thought it was the deepest episode, the deepest narrative that the MCU has presented thus far in any of their work, movies, TV shows. Um, even comics to a certain extent. Uh, the First of all, it was brilliantly highlighted uh, with the interaction between Sam and Elijah. There was this... There was this conversation... Isaiah. You mean Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah. No, thanks, okay. for the, thanks for the correction. Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, the way the walls came down for Isaiah... Um, as he started talking to Sam, not as a potential uh, enemy, uh, but as another black man, I was just like, "Oh, this is this is deep." There was there were points where he called him brother when he said, "You know, any any black man worth a damn who has self respect is not going to be about those stars and stripes, especially knowing what this country has done to us." Dropping nothing but truth bombs. And the moment when he gave his own backstory, it was just like, I was in love with this woman and I had planned a life with her, but this government locked me away and told her I was dead. And they didn't even give me any of her letters. And he, they robbed him of it. He gave America everything and they took everything from him. I don't blame him for feeling the way he feels. And Sam being in the position that he's in, he, you know, he didn't grow up exactly in the same world that he did, but it was illuminated to him. Like, look, just because you don't have the same history that I do, doesn't mean that things changed. Like America is still the same. And I think Sam saw a certain kernel of truth in that. Um, cause he came away more grounded, you know, it's not that he was a, a pie in the sky sort of patriot, you know, but he, 
especially after having the uh, experience at the bank where it's just like, I was an, I'm an Avenger. I helped save the world. I can't get this bank loan. Like it's, it's, you know, how fucked up is that? It's just like, Oh, well, you know, you don't have any record over the last five years. I didn't exist for the last five years in case you forgot along with half of the fucking universe. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> if he would have had a moment like that, we just would have flipped down the bank. Um, I would have been there with him, but anywho, um, Isaiah, uh, opened his eyes and he came away from that interaction, uh, more grounded, more determined, uh, cause he realized, yeah, America still has its problems, but I, um, am in a unique position to help bring about change and not in an idealist sort of way, but life, the randomness of life kind of gave him this opportunity. I mean, he's fought cosmic villains he's helped save the world uh he's basically best friends with the super soldier uh and was given like basically america's symbol by another super soldier um it was he, he realized he is unique and he can help to bring about change if not for himself but for his nephews and his sister and everybody else who looks like him and all the downtrodden people who he might be able to help. Now, here, here's one thing. Um, th this show, uh, what it does, is it's, it's, it, it paints the U S government in a very negative light, which is interesting to me because uh, on the internets, this show is, criticized very heavily well marvel the marvel universe is criticized very heavily for being pro army mm. uh what with captain marvel captain america you know every every um super uh, every other superhero in the mcu has loose affiliations with the uh, united states military yeah so to see them go this hard uh uh, exposing uh, the U.S. military's dirty secrets, and uh, not only that, but like uh, showing that the banality of the uh, bureaucracy that's going on in that conference room when they're talking about refugees, they're just like, mm. eh, you know, uh, already I'm just like I'm hearing like pangs of like uh, 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 Ted Cruz just being like, <laughs> ah, fuck the refugees. <laughs> it's not helping my political career yet, you know. Right. You know. Uh and and I, I'm just like uh I I I'm kind of taken aback by the fact that this show is it kind of uh takes all those pro military, pro government stances that the MCU is criticized for and turns it on its head. So mm. Uh, and that's brave because um, it's, uh, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of the uh, sort of lower tier fanboys are going to be like, I don't like politics in my sci-fi or my superhero movies. It's just like shithead. Like you literally went to every Captain America movie not realizing it's about the government. It's about World War II. It's, it's not it's making social commentary just because. You know, it paints America in not the brightest light. It's also called Captain America. I mean, like, 
it, it, any any asshole that's just like I don't like politics in my comic book movies. That's why I watch Captain America. I'm just like it's called Captain America, like, dude. <laughs> really? Oh man, he's not Captain Ice Cream, you know. Bringing yeah, you, no, exactly. <laughs> bringing you the justice of Strawberry. Dude, I, if they did have the, a Captain Ice Cream, I would be there, like, day one. <laughs> Ticket in hand, ready to be refreshed by tasty goodness on screen. <laughs> he uses the shield to bring you the scoops of justice. <laughs> it's just like... I don't, I don't even know who his his fucking uh, enemy would be. Diabetes, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> dude, what do you think? Uh, what do you think's in the box that uh, Bucky uh, brought Sam? I mean, for, first of all, real quick, the balls on Bucky. Um, after he hands over Zemo to the Dormelage. And uh, Ayo says, I would make myself scarce in Wakanda for a little while if I were you. And he's just like, fair enough. I remember what you did to my arm. But if I could just ask for one more favor, I'm just like, the balls on this guy. (laughs) (laughs) They fucking rehabbed him. (laughs) And he paid them back by breaking out like a wanted criminal. Like... A Wakandan wanted criminal, and like he's just like, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. I know this looks bad, right? <laughs> but hear me out. <laughs> I got a pal, you know. <laughs> and like, okay, so they bring him a box, and I assume that when Sam Wilson opens it, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. And Jesus Christ! Like, oh, what's in the box? Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my God! Se- eight, you know, instead of uh, seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That took a left turn. <laughs> well, they're trying to combine the the seven universe with the MCU, so. <laughs> Pepper, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this final episode is going to be dope. I, for, I forgot that this that it's only six episodes long, so I was just like expecting it for it to be nine episodes, but I guess since they cut out that whole pandemic subplot, they had mm. to shrink it down to six, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to more episodes of Invincible. Uh, Invincible uh, keeps fucking delivering. Oh my god! Every episode, it's just this new. Every episode is fucking awesome. This new addition to the to the to the plot, the story, the characters. It's just everybody just keeps getting more and more interesting. It's 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 a the the whole interaction between Invincible and the girl that he's trying to date, uh, played by none other than Zazie Beetz. It's just it's so real, like. Oh man, if 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 you are a young person with these superpowers and this responsibility, but you're trying to date and you keep letting her down, but you can't say shit, it's just like this is what it would look like, like seriously. 
Yeah. I felt bad for his best friend, though. His best friend was just, like, just trying to, like, you know, start a relationship with this college dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and his college boyfriend gets turned into a fucking cyborg. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) dude, um, this is kind of like why I'm, I'm like, uh, this is awesome to look at, but man, if this existed in real life, the general public would be scared 24 seven, right? Wouldn't you? Oh my God. (laughs) Frightened. Oh my God. Somebody was going to steal you in the middle of the night and turn you into a fucking like, like walking bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad that we don't live. I stopped myself just then. I was just, I was gonna say, I'm glad that we don't live in a world full of super villainy, but we kind of do uh, when you we really do. think about it. So, yeah. but uh, their, their power is money. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll rephrase. I'm glad that I don't live in a world where I could uh, be forced into cyborgism uh, against my will. Do you think that? Um, uh, switching switching gears real quick uh, with regards to like we told we shit a lot on Batman on this show, <laughs> but I I I think that they could tweak Batman just a little bit by having Joe Chill be a cop, like a dirty cop. Oh, and that's why Batman doesn't trust law enforcement. He has to take uh, matters into his own hands. That would make Bruce Wayne so sympathetic in my eyes to the point where I would just be like, you know what? That man's fighting a war on crime that I believe in. Dude, you are a (laughs) fucking genius. That that is brilliant. Just one small change could change the entire tone of that because Batman as of now... uh, I mean, he's not Tony Stark, whereas, like, Tony Stark fights super criminals, right? Mm -hmm. Batman fights, you know, street-level crime. Right. But I always see him as, like, uh, you know, he's dressed completely in black, but he's showing the bottom half of his face, which is a white man. And it's like, I am, he might as well be saying, I am privileged man, you know? (laughs) here to do the the dirty the brutal dirty work that the cops are known for doing anyway so Mm. um i I don't know if dc has the cojones to pivot batman into a storyline where he is taking down uh police corruption that would be because it would what would make it so interesting just pigging off back your brilliant idea he could do it on two fronts he could do it as batman but he could also do it as bruce wayne i mean yes he's got tremendous influence tremendous resources uh shit he could even get involved in the political arena and start taking them down that way you know it would be it would be amazing you know imagine if he gets uh, you know, bat, uh, bat, the family involved, Batman Inc., you know, all the Robins and stuff like oh, that. Oh, holy shit. Start yeah, taking up course. positions. Shit, man. Dude. Get, uh, uh, what's his name? Joseph Gordon Levitt to. Uh, <laughs> oh, John Blake? <laughs> to, to uh, <laughs> um, you know, start working with him from the inside, you know, so. 
I can't believe his name is Robin John Blake. <laughs> Just come on, man. Anyways, um, do they have venereal diseases in uh, Star Trek? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, by that point in the future, they've developed a shot that they give to all uh, Federation personnel that pretty much protects them from that because no uh, there is no sorry <laughs> <laughs> this is me making it up i i don't know if it's actually canon i just assume because there's never talk about condoms or prophylactics they uh, there there aren't even are there accidents? unless you're unless your data which is like your whole body's a prophylactic right? that's true that's true people can still get pregnant by accident though so um so i guess it doesn't solve everything but yeah but uh that could be a whole fanfic i guess you know vd and in, in star trek yeah i would i would totally <laughs> you know you laugh at that but i would that that i think that would be really important and really educational like it, star trek is always ahead of the curve with regards to like it's uh treatment of of high like uh, of political concepts mm-hmm so uh, I think it's time for them to start dipping their toe into sex education. Hmm. Or dipping something else. Ew! Ew. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun here. <laughs> um, so, wow. Because, like, I, I keep thinking to myself, you know, Kirk must have caught something. You know, one uh, day... <laughs> He, he must have like looked down at his dick and seen like a small civilization, you know. Like, <laughs> he's just like, oh my god, there is a civilization living on my penis head, you know. <laughs> they look up at it. We're not too thrilled about it either, Kirk. But <laughs> you guys are a bunch of dickheads, ha ha ha. And they're just like, oh, that was terrible. Destroy the urethra, you know. <laughs> but I imagine that he's, I've imagined that he's done more giving uh, of VD than receiving in my mind. He's just, he's reckless. I think that's why he's developed so many rivalries within the galaxy of people just like, you know, I'm coming after you, Kirk. Because some female sister or cousin of the villain, you know, got, really messed up somehow it's just like we don't even know how to treat this i mean you know tentacles come out you know so <laughs> she's like her like some klingon is like you, this baby is yours and he's like i don't know what you're talking about and then you know the baby comes out and it's like beat me up dad you know it's got the haircut and everything it's like peace out you know and he Throws the peace sign and he gets, you know, uh, teleported back to the Enterprise. <laughs> you could write it. You could write it, dude. I know. Dude, I really, I really should. I really should write it. I feel like I'm starting to take on some um, Kirkisms myself. I'm just like starting to pause in weird places. <laughs> it's all because of this pandemic, man. It's pandemic is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. And, and with that, uh, 
think we should cap it there. All right. All right. Um, so for both of us here, uh, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots vs. Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. <laughs> but you should try keeping it right. <laughs> Song of the week. Fuck!